Hello, everybody. It's time for another episode of the Money Mitch Effect Sports Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Mitch Michaels. Hope everybody out there is doing well. We're about a week away from Christmas. Football season is ramping up. I'm going to talk to my buddy, Joe Crisale, about the NFL, the Browns losing a heartbreaker to the Ravens on Monday night, what the playoff picture looks like. The AFC stays loaded. The Packers are in the one seed. We break down all the NFL action, talk a little NHL, and talk about Joe's business that he started up in Seattle way back digital with his girlfriend Maddie, a production company that you're going to want to hear a lot about. And then at the end of the show, I'm going to talk a little bit about some college football and other sports topics as well. It's the Money Mitch Effect, Joe Crisale. Here he is now. Let's start the show. All right, we're back on the Money Mitch Effect. First time in a couple months checking back in with Joe Crisale. He is a year older. He's a business owner, and he's uh, a different man. The hair's down to about the shoulders now, Joe. Thanks for uh, coming on the show. <laughs> Thanks for that amazing lead-in. It's just describing me perfectly. I think I hit all the high points. I think I hit all the accomplishments this year in, uh, in about 10 seconds, so I'm pretty proud of myself there. But, uh, no, it's uh, – look – it's been a rough year. Everybody knows that uh, we're a couple weeks away from the end of it, single digits to Christmas. But positives are there has been a lot of sports. The NFL is rounding third and heading home. Just a couple of weeks left in their season. And, just uh, so lucky. And so lucky. you just full steam ahead. But, look, yeah. it's been exciting. And the fact that there's one extra playoff team has really added to the mix. Uh, what I've been most impressive, and I guess we can start there, is that you know, even with seven playoff teams, I always worry that, you know, it might get a little watered down and you might, you know, have some terrible teams. And I guess in the course of the NFC East, you are having that making it to the playoffs. But these wild card races, yeah. specifically in the AFC, pretty exciting because we have, you know, we're going to have a couple of teams, probably at least one or two in that double digit range that get left out. Yeah. AFC is a lot more intriguing this year than in previous years. I think that's just because we're seeing like the rise of the Bills and the Browns and all these teams that were kind of just like stuck on lull for a little while. Cause there's kind of a little bit of a changing of the guard. I mean, new England at six and seven right now, third in the East is obviously somewhat expected, but very new to everyone <laughs> over the last decade. So Kansas city is obviously like still the front runners. I, I don't know who beats them on honestly, like the Steelers are a joke at 11 and two. When you watch them play, I could, I just don't realize that they haven't played anyone at all. Really? except for that one win they had over the Titans, but their schedule has just been a cakewalk and their offense looked horrible last week. And they just depend way too much on their defense that gets hurt constantly. Joe Hayden is in and out of the lineup, but I don't know, like Indianapolis having Phillip rivers, I, I wasn't really expecting him to do much. And he's, he's really not. I just think Frank Reich is like one of the best coaches in the entire league. I like the South, obviously outside of Houston and Jacksonville, but Tennessee and Indianapolis are, they're going to be tough to beat in the playoffs, I think. Um, but I do, I do have them on par with Cleveland. I definitely think Cleveland is a better team than Pittsburgh. And everyone kind of just stacks up rolling up to Kansas City. The Dolphins definitely were the big surprise this year. Uh, I do this uh, season-long thing where we pick three teams in like a randomly ordered draft. So that's not like a snake draft. It's just like you pick randomly. And okay. I had the Dolphins as my last pick and they're like really bringing it home for me <laughs> so far but I screwed up the first pick and I went Buccaneers over Saints and that was not not great and then I also have the Vikings but I'm in third right now Dolphins are really the ones that are carrying me well that's a, that's a good pull for you and uh even you know the Dolphins who kind of have this I guess crisis of you know wanting to go to two I think that was the plan halfway through and he's looked good but he is a young quarterback and there's some growing pains there. So are they, in a way, sacrificing their chance to get a playoff appearance by going to the young guy to have those growing pains? I guess we'll see because while they played the Chiefs tough, especially defensively picking off Mahomes a few yeah. times, the schedule is brutal. They have the hardest schedule the last four games of any team, I think, in the NFL. So they're going to have to earn it if they get in. Um, I think, but, I, but I think they uh, like they want him to have that, ex that experience. The Dolphins have been... I don't want to say they've been so bad for so long, but they have. So 
going into this year, realistically, they probably weren't thinking about competing for a Super Bowl. And I mean, from the looks of it, they could get into the playoffs. So why not let him get that experience so that when their team gets even stronger than it is now, which is kind of hard to believe because they have, I think, the number one pass defense or one of the best defenses in the Yeah, Howard might be league. the best corner in football. Howard, yeah. yeah. Howard, amazing um, what, they, what they're doing. And that's Joel Flores right there. That's just that's one of the good Belichick disciples. Well, yeah, that he's, have gone out into the league. <laughs> he's not trying to be Belichick, and I think you you learned all about him last year when he was trying to win those games and not just tank with you know inferior talent. He was coaching to win, and I think look, yeah. I mean, he wants to win. He he sees Tua and, and Fitz in practice, and he knows that Tua's looked good. He wouldn't put him out there if he didn't. They're not going to stick to this plan if he's not doing everything right in practice. Obviously, Fitzpatrick, the veteran of the game, has more game experience, but the only way to get that is to actually play. So I I agree with the decision. I know people are too greedy in terms of wanting stuff right now uh, in in terms of success rate. So uh, I don't don't mind that decision as well. The one thing I did want to say, though, is you brought up the Patriots. Hate to brag, Joe, but I think it was on this show uh, before the season started when you were very bullish about Cam Newton, and I was like, let's pump the brakes and see a little bit, and yeah, here's where we are. Here, yeah, it has been that long since we talked about it. <laughs> yeah, That was after that Seahawks game in week two, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, Cam is back, Patriots look legit. <laughs> oh, it's but, over, yeah. But then in the next few games, you see him like throwing it as hard as he physically possibly can, and it goes like three yards into the ground, so I mean... The, that shoulder, ever since he had that shoulder injury after the Super Bowl, just, mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of just derailed his career. But um, I, I want to talk, like, Tua, so to say that Tua isn't ready necessarily, he, he I don't want to say he torched the Chiefs defense last week, but over 300 yards, two TDs, and I think he ran for one too. So, and he kind of hung with Mahomes. In that, yeah. in that game. And the yeah. he's, he's, he is no slouch. So No, I, I'm on I, record as he's going to be the best. I, I like him more than any quarterback, and I love the other two quarterbacks too. It's a great class. But you you got to accept mistakes. Like, he's not perfect. If anything, his best quality has been not turning the football over. Yeah, he's he looks he looks extremely poised, especially towards the end of that uh, Chiefs game. Even in the beginning, like you're just like, wow, look at this guy. He knows. It almost seems like they can play up to any competition because they are that good. It's just when they play down to other competition that they should be kind of like how when you watch the Bills play, it's how they used to play is playing down. But now, like, the Bills, they look they look real good. I thought that the Niners were going to give them a run for their money, and they were just like, nah, we, this is up. We got this. Yeah, look, I you mentioned the Steelers not really playing anybody and not really beating uh, a lot of good teams. And, and I think a better way to put that would be, you know, they play to the level of their competition a lot. What Buffalo did in the second half of that game uh, against the Steelers showed me a lot because they did not have a good first half, and that goes for Allen and the offense as well. They got that pick six late and really kind of stole the lead in that one. But they went out to the locker room, they made their adjustments, and they looked like a completely different team. Josh Allen uh, has been lighting the league up all season. He's easily the most improved player this year. He's gone from good quarterback to elite-level quarterback. Stephon Diggs is a proven number one now. I think think that trade was one of the best trades all-encompassing for both teams that you could possibly dream up. But Diggs is a problem out there. And, And look, I'm on record as saying, you know, the Bills' defense can't possibly be as good as they were last year because they had to sacrifice some players to get offensive weapons. It's a move they had to make. But the defense is still pretty good. They give up a decent amount of yards at times to some good offenses, but they're stingy in the red zone. They have ball hawks and playmakers. And all due respect to the Steelers, to Tennessee, my Browns as well, Buffalo is clearly the second-best team in the AFC. Like They're the only yeah, team that I can see, you know, realistically going to Arrowhead and winning that game. I know it, it, it could happen. Obviously, football, anything can happen. But Buffalo in Kansas City going on the road in the AFC Championship game, I could see it. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's yeah. definitely a possibility. Bro, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. They just seem like when you when we watched them on Monday night and they played the Steelers, I was expecting like somewhat of a game. But Josh Allen, like he's got so much time back there every like every snap, he he, he's so poised back there. And Diggs, like you said, I think everyone kind of questioned that trade, and they're like, "Why are you giving up a first? Why are you giving up 
I can't remember the exact trade that it was, but I think they yeah, gave him first. It was the first round pick that the Vikings used to draft Jefferson, who's been Jefferson, a stud as well. Yeah, yeah. So but I think you, at you know, that point yeah. you're kind of like, yeah, <laughs> like like they, you don't know that they're going to take Jefferson, so they went and they got Diggs. And but like you said, it, it was obviously worth it. Clearly, he's established himself as a number one. Like when he was in Minnesota, they were kind of comparing him to Adam Thielen, but Adam Thielen this year hasn't really compared. He hasn't made as big of an impact on his team as Diggs has made on the Bills. You take Diggs off the Bills, that's what you got last year. But yeah. you take him, you put him on there, and you leave Thielen alone, and you look at the Vikings. So I think it was a good move by the Bills for sure. It's kind of uh, vaulted them to where they're at right now. And McDermott is an amazing coach. Yeah, and Dable, I keep saying as well, is an amazing play caller too. Um, I, I don't, you know, Pittsburgh has been just brutalized with injuries. I think that's the other side of it, too, defensively. They were winning a lot of games with defense, and they've lost just, you know, it seems like linebacker and edge rusher after after another. Uh, and, and Roethlisberger just hasn't played at that elite level that you'd expect him to, to have to be at to really contend. I'm not predicting a team to beat the Chiefs. Okay, like that that's where I'm at there as well. But if anybody's going to do it, I'm with you. I think it's Buffalo. Um, all right, Joe Crisali, Money Mitch Effects. Uh, let's talk about the Monday Night Football game. Browns, Ravens, classic, all those things, blah, blah, blah. It was exciting, fun, all that. But you know what? The Browns lost, so I'm in a bad mood. And uh, I'm in a bad mood for a couple reasons. Number one, uh, being our field goal kicker. And uh, number two, being the fact that Lamar Jackson basically just toyed with my emotions. You know, I don't. I don't think the Ravens would have even necessarily been in danger of losing that game if he doesn't go to the locker room for whatever draw your own opinions on what you think that was. But when he comes out on, you know, basically comes back into the game fourth down, makes the throw and then gets them into field goal range to win the game with Justin Tucker, probably the greatest kicker of all time. When he gets them into position, it was the Lamar Jackson game that I think he needed to have this year. The offense specifically him have been struggling uh, for most of this season to really find the rhythm that they had last year. A game that they absolutely had to have, and in all seriousness, Joe, this was a must-have, a must-win, and Lamar delivered. So I've been critical. I know a lot of people have been critical of the Ravens, but in the in the biggest spot in their season, to save their season, essentially, they came through. Yeah, I I definitely, I, I'm sorry to say this, but I picked them before the game. So um, it was all because of that they needed to win that game. I mean, going to 8-5, and five, or dropping a game were two totally different things for them there. They could have just completely fallen by the wayside. Cause like you said before, we got some nine win teams that might not even get in. So, and that's even with the added Ten win. playoff. Yeah. With that yeah. win, I just want to say too, with that win, now they're in that seven spot. The Raiders are the team on the outside looking, you know, it's looking like they're going to be the ones. That's the, great. That's, yeah. I know you like that like seven and six <laughs> Raiders. The difference in that game being if the Ravens would have lost, the Raiders would have controlled their own destiny if they went out. The Ravens now control their own. And that schedule, we talked about how the Dolphins have a hard schedule. Ravens have the easiest mm-hmm. schedule left. So they are they are yeah. definitely primed to win those three games. Um, and then, of course, if the Browns were to lose one more, they've beaten the Browns twice and they jump them to get out of the seventh seed. So that's huge, avoiding maybe Buffalo if Buffalo gets the two seed. Um, no, to it was fair, great. You got three, you got three wins. You could get three wins easy, too. You guys kind of have the same no, schedule. See, you got the Giants. The Steelers. Jets, the Steelers, Steelers, Week 17. And, and as much as I absolutely can't stand the Steelers, it is unfortunate that they've dropped these games in the sense that now they're going to be playing for something. You know, there was that scenario where if they, you know, stayed up perfect or with one or not, you know, maybe they wrap something up or they're locked in. You know, now they're going to have to play to maybe push for a two-seed or something like that. So, uh, Pittsburgh is going to have to play that game. But getting back to this one, I also want to point out, it's frustrating when you root against Lamar Jackson or your team's playing against him because you know exactly where he's most dangerous. You know exactly what he's going to try to do. And you're saying, make him throw, keep him in the pocket, QB contained, but nobody can do it. It's just a fascinating, it's frustrating as hell, I'll, I'll be honest. But it's a, it's an interesting viewing experience. Yeah. I wasn't like entirely tuned into the game the entire time, but I, when I saw Trace McSorley go in there, I was kind of like, oh, oh crap. Like, what's about to happen now? Then you see him come running out, and then he throws that 44 yard touchdown pass to Marquise Brown, and you're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> they're, uh, they're definitely going to win this game. And then, but to be fair, like, 
you got to admit, your Browns looked really good. They throughout that entire game, absolutely offensively. I, yeah, but yeah. you were you were just went defensively as the Ravens. So if mm-hmm. you you could either have a like a beat down defensive game, or you can have an awesome fun offensive game to watch, and that's what that was. Yeah, they uh, the Ravens were down three cornerbacks, and it was pretty fun to watch the Browns and Baker just absolutely target all the backups pick on them so to speak i know we're kind of moving into anti-bullying but it's good to see bullying sometimes <laughs> uh but but that was no it was great i mean they come down chubb has a couple touchdowns hunt had a great game the passing game was working baker played well and the fact that the browns battled back i know i really hate moral victories but the fact that the browns battled back from down 14 late from having a kicker and parky who absolutely sucked uh, making plays down the stretch was huge for the Browns. They did score with, you know, leaving too much time on the clock. I don't even think going for two was an option in that situation, Joe, because it really wouldn't have changed anything. You know, going for two with a minute left, the Ravens still could win the game with the field goal. So I don't really know, you know, what you would have done there. But, uh, you know, it was good to see him fight back. I will say that. It was interesting hearing uh, when Harbaugh met with Stefanski, the, hand, the post-game handshake which I thought I thought they nixed that. But you could hear him say, uh, we'll, we'll be seeing you in the playoffs. You're kind of like talking down to Stefanski, like, oh, don't worry, we'll see you in the playoffs. But like, the Browns are ahead right now. The Browns right now are the better team. You guys got to get in to even, I want to say, like even talk to him like that. But Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, they beat us twice, though. Look, I, 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 look that's 2-0 and for the Ravens this year, so. Um, you know, if, they, if they've earned it, they've earned it um, in that regard. But it was it was a tough loss. I mean, the Browns' offense looking good, and they, they proved that they have some fights, so that was good. That AFC playoff picture, um, it, we all know it goes through Kansas City. But, you know, the Raiders falling back. You mentioned Titans and Colts. Uh, Titans who, if they can just get the lead, and if they can just get a chance to, you know, unleash Derrick Henry, who's just a, a freak of nature. I mean, that was another great performance. The Titans are tough to beat. The thing on the Colts, you mentioned Rivers, and you mentioned the fact that he hasn't had to do too much. Reich's done good. I think they've rounded into form in their running game. Taylor had his had his yeah. great game. And that defense is still, you know, they, they've been gashed a few times this year, but there's still a lot of talent on the defense. So I think they just need Rivers to drive the car, don't go too fast, and don't screw it up. And uh, they do have a quality football team and a lot of depth at their roster positions. I think that their biggest downfall is when, they try to get too fancy with it. I don't know if you've seen some of the games where they just will throw Brissett in there for a play to do like a designed triple option or something or just something random that just doesn't really make any sense for what that player's skill set is. I think they just have a couple off-kilter things that they do. Their wide receiver uh, core is not very deep. I mean, T.Y. Holmes been coming back around, but Michael Pittman looks okay. I'm hoping he doesn't do much this week. I'm going against him in fantasy. Um, but I wanted to say about Derrick Henry for you, for fantasy for you this next mm-hmm. week, is they're going against the Lions, who might not be starting Matt Stafford. So I think they're going to get up early, and then that game is just going to be – They might Henry might be on the sidelines by halftime. Well, uh, my counter to that is he's less than 500 yards away with three games left to 2,000 on the season, so maybe he's trying to chase that. So, oh, that's true. Could be that's something true. there. Uh, and if no. the coach, if the, if, if uh, coach is like, hey, we want to make sure you have every opportunity to get this, he might just ride him. And Detroit's defense is the, literally the worst against the run, so you yeah. should be pretty happy with that. <laughs> Detroit's got a center with a fractured throat, and uh, I knew immediately when I watched, was watching Red Zone, and I saw Stafford get folded up like an accordion, that that looked like a serious injury, and sure enough, it was. Yeah. So Tough times there. I want to move to the NFC in, in a second, but first, I know I just want to let you vent on your Broncos season. It's 5-8. and eight. Uh, My questions are, A, is Drew Locke the quarterback of the future for this team, and B, how much do you think the NFL was picking on the Broncos by making them start a receiver a couple weeks ago, a quarterback? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, the season sucks, obviously, <laughs> being 5-8. and eight. It was nice to get a win against Carolina last week, um, seeing as how they seem to win, like, every other, other game <laughs> this year after that 0-3 start. It just really sucked because everyone was hype on them going into the year, and that's always uh, – um, 
the shine of the Reaper for everybody. When it once it's kind of like being on the Madden cover, when everyone's rooting for you at the beginning of the year. But as far as Drew Lock goes, I don't know. Like he he makes mistakes that I mean any young quarterback would make. But when you're looking around the league and you're seeing all these other young quarterbacks, they're not making these super rookie mistakes like mm-hmm. having a guy open at the at the first down marker or chucking it deep into triple coverage like Locke just chucks it deep he's pretty careless with the ball um i don't think that so it sounds like a no he, is what it sounds like i yeah i don't i don't think that he's like a leader type player of the the team i just don't think he's that kind of personality but i don't know him so he's only <laughs> had x amount of games of of playing in there. I mean, we'll see how the rest of the year plays out, but I would not um, rule out the Broncos taking another QB or trading for one. But that's what's going to suck is we're, the Broncos are definitely going to be in on that uh, all the Carson Wentz talk that's about to happen after Jalen Hurts oh boy. brings the Eagles to the playoffs. Okay, you know, hold that. on, hold on. That, <laughs> we're getting off topic. Um, but I, I agree. It hasn't looked like he's the long-term guy. He looks like somebody that in a pinch could be ready to, to make some throws, but the consistency just hasn't been there. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, ba- he seems yeah. like a backup Q. Yeah. The, uh, the defense ravaged with injuries, Fangio not making some of the best decisions. It, it's been a lost year in a lot of ways. Um, so um, we'll see. It could I've be worse, though. Good things. I've seen some good things. Philip Lindsay looks just as good when he's not hurt. Melvin Gordon's actually having a quietly good year and for Judy's how bad the team has been. Judy can break anyone's ankles with the best of them. And I love their uh, receiving core, the way that they're kind of all the same age and, and, and building up together. Uh, the offensive line, Garrett Bowles coming back around this year. We all thought that he was toast after the way he performed the first couple of years. But some positives. Hoping yeah. to see what the team actually looks like fully healthy, but I, as a Broncos fan, I don't, I'm not used to ever seeing that, so I don't know why I would expect to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it could be worse. You could have, Anthony, you, you could have Anthony Lynn as the head coach. Oh man, that I mean, guy! That guy can't even get his field goal unit out the on the field. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, we need a field goal. It's funny because he just made himself. He's like, I'm going to do all this coaching. We're like, hey, buddy, if you're going to do all that coaching, like you got to remember what comes with each step of it. Oh, God. Not getting the field goal team out there like that close, with that close to the. Oh, why would you run that play? <laughs> oh, that was crazy. Well, moving to the NFC, Joe Crisali here on the Money Mitch Effect. Uh, we've had uh, a changing at the top of the pecking order because the race for the one seed, the one buy. It's been interesting. The Saints finally lose their first game with Drew Brees out, and it was to the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, and that opens the door for a lot of teams. Right now, the Green Bay Packers at 10-3, and three, having the inside track having the inside track for that one seed. With a couple games left, suddenly it's the Packers now that uh, are in prime position. And i got to say, of all the teams that you know could benefit from having uh, a week free, Aaron Rodgers, 36 years old, a defense that's been hit by injuries. Packers get this one seed, Joe. They are looking great to have another chance at a, a crack at a Super Bowl title. I I still cannot even fathom like how good would they have been if they actually used their first round pick on something useful. Well, I think we've been over this. Like receiver is that that whole narrative of like you know skill position or whatever. Like Devontae Adams is what top three receiver in the NFL top five at worst. I think he's the number one okay he's yeah that's what I'm saying one. like we can debate this but he's up there so what they needed to do instead of Jordan Love which was obviously not the right decision because Rodgers has a good five years left in him was help their defense out you know that's what they yeah. needed help with uh, but they do they do still have some playmakers back there in their secondary and in the half decent pass rush so it, it'll get them by then, like you said, though, then if they take that top seed, that really just not only benefits them, but it just screws everyone else over that's um, fighting to get in because then you get teams like the Seahawks and the Rams and whoever comes out, Tampa Bay or Minnesota, Chicago, they just get even more jumbled up together. So yeah. they're just going to have to battle it out even more while Green Bay kind of just coasts on by and plays <laughs> whoever's worst team is. 
It was a brutal loss for the Saints. Mentioned it. I mean, losing to Jalen Hurts, who played good, ran the ball well, wasn't exactly lighting the league on fire. Uh, Taysom Hill just didn't have it, and that's huge because they got the Chiefs coming up. Breeze may or may not play in that game. It's going to hurt them. It's going to cost them. Now, the good thing for them is they got the division pretty much handled with having two over the Bucks, who you know are another story. But the Saints have a great defense. I will give them credit there. Offensively, I am really curious to see what Breeze has left in the tank because they are going to need, you know, him to play well, not just be out on the field, but play well. Because I think the Taysom, I think the bloom is off the rose of Taysom Hill. That's my other thought on the matter. Yeah, I think his their style of how they're playing him is going to, like you said, has fallen by the wayside as it goes. But I, it has been interesting to see Breeze sit for this long after he tried to fight through that injury. I think he had, what, like 11 fractured ribs or something like that? I don't know. Like more ribs than I even knew were in the human body. But he yeah. cracked them and, <laughs> Yeah, and, he, you know, and he's, he's older now, so it's going to take a little bit longer for that to heal up. Um, that Kansas City game, I think they have the – that Kansas City game is obviously going to be tough for them with Taysom Hill, but they've been creative in the past, and the Chiefs, you know, their defense didn't look great last week against um, Tua. It's not like he's a running threat quarterback. So you throw that other wrench in there with Taysom Hill, maybe they kind of figure out how to maneuver it. I think it'll be a good game. I, the Chiefs haven't been playing great lately. I mean, the Broncos kind of held them held their own against them, which was very nice to watch, but taking the loss sucked. But, uh, you know, I think, yeah, it'll be all right. You know, it's interesting. I would be all on board with the Rams being the best team in the NFC, even regardless of seed, ready to go, you know, make that run. Love the roster. Absolutely love the defense. It's probably the only defense in football where I have full confidence in the interior and the secondary with guys like Donald and then Jalen Ramsey. But I keep coming back to the quarterback, and that's what's going to keep me from fully investing in this team because I'm just waiting for that moment where golf's going to let them down. I know it. he might have to prove me wrong, but – that, that they're just that one ultimate important piece, that one chess move piece away from being the team that I like the most. Yeah, I mean, I think we, at the beginning of the season, we were kind of down on the Rams as quickly as we were down on the 49ers, which turned out to be not the wrong choice. Well, the Niners have a pass, though. I mean, I'm not... They've been ravaged. They've been absolutely ravaged, ravaged by yeah. injuries all year. Yeah, just literally starter, second tier, third tier, and now they're just playing practice squad guys in, in, um, in Arizona that have been playing not, well. not even in their and own state and they're not even in their own homes they're living in Glendale Arizona awesome but um yeah sorry Wit. Oh, <laughs> but man. uh at the beginning of the year I was pretty high on the Cardinals I thought that they were going to kind of push through there a little bit but they haven't they haven't looked great Kyler has had some weird little injury but they might still have a shot to get in there with the way everything has been playing out. But I really just think that we're going to be watching um, Packers Seahawks in the NFC championship Ooh. game. Ooh. Well, I, and then that would be a battle that would, would go down as an all time one. <laughs> I, I mean, they've, that's, that's the rival. Awesome. That's the rival for Rogers is Russell Wilson. I think based on battles that they've had uh, and it's been relatively even, I think we both picked the Seahawks to go all the way this year before the season started. I know I did. I think you did as well. I um, did, yeah, I did. And I'm not very <laughs> – I'm not confident in that. You're not – yeah, you're not feeling great about it. But, no, um, I, I think part of it is – part of it is their defense. I mean, Jamal Adams has been great. Shout out to the Jets horrible. for just wrapping him up on a platter and giving him to him. But the fact yeah. is, if, if Adams isn't making plays – you know, and 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 the, and the addition of Dunlop has been good, but their defense doesn't really have a lot of depth, and they've been kind of pushed around. And and what I saw in specifically that Giants game, Joe, was the the Achilles heel coming back up. That offensive mm-hmm. line is not good, and it, it could be okay at times, but Russell Wilson covers for a lot of mistakes. I just don't get the sense that it's e- as easy. You know, I guess it's a way of, um, you know. If you compare it to uh, other sports, you know, basketball, like let's say, you know, you just want to run your offensive set to get a good look, it's a lot harder for the Seahawks to, uh, you know, make these plays. I feel like Russ has to have these Herculean efforts, and if he doesn't, there isn't like the 
easy, boring play, you know, easy, boring drives that just march down the field. It's a lot tougher for them. So while I do think that he's capable of great things and the NFC playoffs is all going to be about styles and who matches up well and how the upsets fare, I think it's possible they go on a run. But you know, the odds of it happening, especially with, you know, a couple big games coming up, I just don't know if I'm on board. You know, I'm going to stick with it because I don't like to back down from my picks, but I feel very confident. Yeah, no, I feel you there. That losing to the Giants, it's kind of it was an eye opener. But you know, every every team needs a matchup against some team like the Jets, where they can just get over that real quick. When they demolished them last week, they even gave Geno Smith some <laughs> some revenge. But uh, it's going to be interesting. We just got to have to see how they finish out the season. They got Washington. Alex Smith might not play though, so that game. Mm-hmm. Should be a win for but that's them. Another, um, that's another that's another D line that could absolutely have a field day. I mean, Chase Young. Yeah, with, with <laughs> that dude is incredible. The way that they played. Yeah, last the, the way he played last week, the the touchdown and everything. Um, but yeah, well, I guess we have to wait and see how that goes. And then they got the Rams and and then at the Niners. So they, it's not easy sledding. It's not as easy sledding on the way out for them. So we'll see. Yeah, they could very easily be out if. Arizona wins a couple. Um, well, they're they're but, in. I mean, they're not like they, yeah, they could be I, down just, to the seventh seed if that gets to uh, you know if it gets to that point. The Vikings loss, you know, kind of books them down. I mean, Arizona, Arizona seems pretty. I don't want to say locked in because Minnesota, Chicago play this weekend. Make your Chicago jokes all you can, but they do have a good defense. Huh. Minnesota's frustrating. I just. It's kind of sad how fast it's happened. Like Arizona went from being the darling team, everyone's like, look at this potential, to now we're like, why isn't this team better? How are they struggling to, you know, hold on to a seven seed yeah. playoff spot? Part of it has to be right that Kyler's injured. Like he clearly doesn't look the same. He's he's slower than he was this year. And the other part of it is, I just don't like Cliff Kingsbury. You know, in the moment coaching. I think he has good play design for his offense and putting his skill guys in position to succeed. But he has made some pretty boneheaded moments and, and just lost control of uh, lost control of uh, the sidelines and some of his you know play calls at times too. So that's where that's where I stand on the Cardinals. I've gone from lovable team to they should be better. I don't understand why. No, yeah, I I'm with you there. I think, I think uh, Cliff overthinks it a little bit, like you were talking about. Towards the end of games, just kind of his—he's not as experienced, you know, and that shows up. So a lot of coaches get through that quicker, like Brian Flores. But I'm still thinking that they have a shot, uh, the Cardinals, at least to be in the playoffs. I don't know if they're going to make any noise. I think yeah, they're the last seed in there right now uh, in the wild card, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it. Hopefully, I—I I mean, not hopefully, but I think the way that the playoffs are going to shake out before it's all said and done are going to be totally different than what we're looking at right now. Yeah. If it ends up Cardinals saints, they have to go to this, you know, new Orleans and the dome and play that game. That's a tough matchup. Now, if it's a divisional matchup, you know, Rams or, or Seahawks, they've, you know, they know that team. So that could be something to watch a third time there. Um, I just wanted to also mention the bucks before we wrap this up, because there isn't another team. I think that's more frustrating. That's locked into the playoffs yeah. than the bucks. Like, I wasn't picking them to win the division, but I even I was expecting more more things from a team that doesn't really have a lot of great wins. And openly, you have the the greatest quarterback ever and the coach feuding. I mean, it's pretty much an open feud right now. I would, I'm at the point where Arians is not coming back. Like, there's no way. <laughs> but here are the Bucks with all this talent. Will they realize that we're running out of time? They appear locked into that you know five six seed range, and uh, yeah, they'll just kind of coast into the playoffs where they'll have to win on the road. I mean, we'll see. They're pretty banged up this week. So, I mean, Atlanta could give them a run for yeah, their money. no Ronald uh, Jones. No Ronald Jones. He's honestly the most frustrating player to ever have in fantasy at any given time. Last year, this year, like, total nightmare. But they have, to be fair to the Buccaneers, they have uh, a few good wins on their resume. Well, a few good games. They beat the Packers, which was yeah. big for them. Um, they hung with the Rams and Kansas City, unfortunately, both losses. But uh, like you said, though, we really haven't seen it out of them. With all the talent that they have on that team, you were kind of expecting everyone to blow up. But it seems like they need to scale it back a little bit. Like it's a little bit too much, you know, like there's too much talent to go around that it's it's just hard to split between, you know, what who's, who's going to do what. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
I think it's all, honestly, yeah, it's all in Arians. Just reading about him calling out his players, calling out Brady, that's not that's not the way you do it. Like, does no one listen to Bill Belichick where you just literally <laughs> say nothing and do nothing? Like, yeah. they asked Cam Newton this year if Julian Edelman was ever going to come back, and he was like, I, you know, I'm... I was told by someone to not mention anything about that. So next question, like, (laughs) you know, he said it, it. like, you know what, like, that's just, that's well, number that's one oh one right there. I think as a coach, and he doesn't know how to use these players. Like, I mean, the granted they've had a few injuries this year, but why is Ronald Jones top five in the league in rushing yards? But one week he gets nine carries and the next week he gets 20 carries, but, then Fournette is going to play, and then we're just going to healthy scratch him for no reason. Like, there's all these things that are going yeah. on that you're just like, what is happening behind closed doors there? Man. I feel like there's a lot of uh, tug and pull between that team. I'm hoping they, they flip it around because Brady in the playoffs is fun to watch. Yeah, and they were outplayed by most of that game by the Vikings. If, if Dan Bailey could put the ball five feet near the uprights, they might have had a chance. Oh, my but... goodness. <laughs> Didn't he miss like a 20-yarder? It was like 19 yards or something? The extra point, short feet. I think he missed four kicks. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was brutal. I don't know what happened there, but uh, the Vikings are cursed with kickers, it seems like. Um, all right. Hey, yeah. Joe, uh, we're going to look at this week's games, and I want to talk a little bit more after on the back end. But on the Money Mitch effect now, just looking at this week's games, not the best slate. I think we kind of hinted at that. It's not, you know, you never know what could happen. There's always teams on upset uh, upset alert, but not the best slate. You have the Raiders playing the Chargers and trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. The Raiders on Thursday. I'm looking at the one o'clock slate off the bat, and not the most exciting. I think the big one that you got to look at uh, off the hop would be that Seattle Washington game as well, and then the uh, elimination game essentially between Chicago and Minnesota, but. Browns are on prime time. You got Chiefs New Orleans as well in the afternoon slot. Uh, some things to be excited for. Not the best, but could be worse. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, as we get closer and closer to the playoffs, everything kind of starts to feel a little bit more tense anyway. You just hate to see a matchup like the 0-13 Jets at the 9-4 Rams with as a 17-point favorite. I mean, that you just don't want to see. <laughs> but, uh, and I mean, there's some good matchups though for position. They're, they make you know they'll make or break it. Titans, Lions, Titans, Lions always seem to win games that they're supposed to lose. But like we were talking about before, Stafford probably isn't going to play, so that should be a cakewalk for Derrick Henry. Um, Colts, Texans, Texans last week were just absolutely abysmal. So I don't know what's going to change about that. Going and playing an even better defense. Um, at least I think Colts are, are a good defense. Patriots Dolphins will be fun. Um, just those those AFC East matchups tend to tend to be good. But um, I would I honestly would have flexed. Sorry to your Browns, but I would have flexed Bears Vikings into the oh. uh, five twenty game. Just just okay. you know, come on, the Bears like have played it, enough primetime games. It's essentially it's essentially an elimination. Give game. us this one uh, moment. We have not like we play on primetime once every like four and a half years on I, Sunday night. But the, that, I just watched you. I just watched it was you Monday on night football. We need Sunday. It doesn't night matter. Too. It's hey, the only game that's on. I'm throwing the challenge flag <laughs> on that. Um, and I'm also <laughs> saying that uh, Sam Darnold should be praying every day this week, going to church uh, for what he's going to have to go what through with Aaron the Donald. Jets? <laughs> what, oh my God! What are the Jets going to do? Like they're gonna draft Darnold, Trevor, they're gonna fire everybody and draft Trevor Lawrence. I still think Donald can be a good quarterback. Are we tonight. all are we finally gonna get to see Adam Gase get fired? It's yeah. almost like something yeah, they, that we never yeah. thought was gonna happen. Yeah, like they, they know they know he sucks. Year. They know he sucks and they want to tank out the rest of the season. That's what they're doing. So they want to just call him into their office and be like, Look, you great didn't job win getting us the number one, one game. Packed your bags. <laughs> yeah. You've won zero games, so you're out of here. Here's a here's a pick. The thing is yeah. though, like it just feels like how this year, Adam Gase's tenure as a Jets head coach has felt how 2020 has felt, where you're just like, are we ever going to get to the end of this? Is it over yet? Just it it stop. Yeah. Why, what are we doing? Yeah. How could it get any worse? I, it's just so hard to watch. <laughs> yeah. that, so I have, I will admit this, but I have a Jets ornament on my tree. My mom mailed it to me one year. Uh, and I was like, all right. Like, uh, I told her I'm strictly Broncos, but I'll, I'll, I can put a Jets yeah. ornament up on the tree. So it's been in the back of the tree ever since curious. we put it up. Yeah. 
And uh, Mads, uh, my wonderful, wonderful girl, she uh, was like, you know what? The, the Jets are going to get their first win against the Raiders. And I was like, no way. I said, if they beat the Raiders, I am taking that ornament, and it is going front of the tree mm-hmm. for everyone to see. Not that anyone is here. Right. <laughs> but uh, Metaphorically. that last play, I'm like, oh, my God, the, the Jets won. The Jets won. I turned, like It switched off, and there was still, I think, 19 seconds left or something. I was like, they won. They won. And uh, I have, like, the ornament in my hand. I turn around and look at the TV, and there's Henry Ruggs catching a 50-yard touchdown pass on, like, fourth and whatever. Like, you literally had to draw up a play to allow that to happen, you know? They yeah. wanted Lawrence. And it was they just did. tough to watch. Yeah. I, and you just wonder what's going to happen to Sam Darnold. Is he, he throw him in with Carson Wentz on which quarterback is going to play for the Broncos next year? Because that's mm. what happens mm. every year. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Who's taller? That's who I always sign in. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, for real. All right, Joe. Uh, this was fun. Always appreciate talking football with you. But we'll, we'll make a change this time. I want to, I you know, I want to hear about the business. I want to hear about Wayback Digital, man. You know, I want oh, to hear damn. how that started. And, uh, you know, now that you're a business owner, I hinted at it at the top of it. Um, in addition to just growing, you know, that, that you know, hair or head of lettuce, I should say, you're also trying to grow a business. Yeah. I mean, we're, me and Mads are, we started it up. We're a little crazy for doing it right now, but, um, I mean, it's been some free time, <laughs> I guess throughout all of everything that's going on. But basically we started this business, came up with this name way back digital. Like we just were, couldn't come up with the name and we were just like, what's, what are we going to call this thing? And just popped in my head. of like way back. It was like way back media. Like, no, that sounds dumb. Way back digital. Okay, cool. And uh, so we're like, all right, let's go with that. We were kind of couldn't lock it down. We couldn't, you know, decide. We're just like, oh, are we sure that's what it wanted, we want it to be? And I was like, we just need to pick it, and then we can start, okay? <laughs> so we, uh, I hit up Carlos, and I was like, yo, do you, can you design me a logo? Me and Mads are starting up a business. It was just between us there at the beginning, and he sent me something back, and it was pretty spot on. I just was like, yo, we should go with a different color palette, and I sent him the color palette, and uh, the awesome Wayback Digital logo was was born (laughs) but um basically we will we're starting our whole business off with like a whole thing called shared shoots where we're gonna have a bunch of like google folders for people and they can go on a trip or do anything and record whatever they want on their phone or if they have cameras or anything and they can drop it into we'll send them the link to the folder and they can drop it in there and I just make some magic out of whatever they whatever they have, whatever they went to go do. So we'll give like tips and stuff, and obviously all of the, all of uh, the projects and videos will be fully customizable um, to kind of like whatever they're doing. If it's like a bachelor party, or you know, or if it's existing footage, like if any artists have music video stuff that they want to just send, I can just you know cut it all up together. But on top of that, we want to do like small business promos and, and go shoot stuff ourselves and, you know, do, do certain things like that. Obviously I have fun making like music videos and we were able to over the summer do a little bit of these projects to kind of build, build the base for starting the business to kind of show like what we can do. But yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of endless. The things that we'll be able to do. I mean, as far as video goes, anybody could, it could be any trip. It could be literally anything. Any idea, I'm down to edit it up. Or I was lucky enough to work with uh, this artist, Josh Pineda, starting everything up. And he's he's from around here and gave me the opportunity to shoot some stuff for him. I made a music video for him and uh, did some animations for, like, promos for releasing his, his music. And um, some of the animations actually are up on Spotify, like, for, for his song, you know, how the video plays during so you know like i said the opportunities are endless down to do whatever we so we we have a website and everything and we're on instagram twitter facebook show everybody to check us out whoever's listening nice (laughs) waybackdigital.com we got the name and everything so 
there's a link on there. Contact us. Anything you want to, anything you want to do, I'm down for it. We also have a swag store Ooh. with some some nice items in there. If you want to show us some love, we got a hoodie, a crew neck, a t-shirt, a tank top, some stickers, um, all sorts of different colors and and whatnot. If you want to show some love. Nice, man. And I know the slogan is West Coast Vibes, East Coast Speed. I think that speaks to, uh, well, you personally it speaks to, but uh, a good uh, a good philosophy. Yeah, that's me, man. <laughs> From the East Coast, move hard, grind hard, but also I'm chilling at the same time. Well, I'm excited. Definitely check that out, waybackdigital.com. Looks pretty good. Again, congrats to you and Maddie. A nice combination of skill sets as well to uh, come up with this idea should be fun and i also should point out that uh when you broke the news for it's starting you had a lot of cool photos and you know it ties into the last point you had that sick rangers jacket on so got me yes, excited <laughs> for you but also excited for hockey season that we're gonna hopefully see next uh next month yeah that mad showed me etsy and i've wanted like a vintage rangers jacket for forever i like those like starter ones you put a hoodie underneath them and it was just so perfect and beautiful. And I was like, I must have this. So <laughs> I had to get it. And uh, it's one of those classic starter ones. And uh, I have another one that's similar, but not exactly a Yankees one. Uh, I'm, sure you, I'm sure you'll see a pic of that soon. Oh, well, I, <laughs> won't, I won't be giving that got, props. <laughs> I, every time I check in on the Rangers, I get excited just because, you know, I feel like they just have a solid team. I don't want to get my hopes up too high, but Lafreniere and as, as a new guy coming in already to a team that's pretty good, pretty solid. Um, Offensively, at least in, for sure. in my head. Yeah, a little worse defensively, but um, I just it's kind of like when you you because they're sim- they're similar to the Broncos, honestly, where they're a young team and they're kind of all building up together with a couple good veteran players like Chris Kreider and. Yeah. I don't want to say Panarin's a veteran, but you know he's mm. he's one of the better players in the league. So having somebody like that obviously makes me think like, oh, they might have a shot this year. And I like Shesterkin and Georgia in goal. It sucks. It's going to suck seeing Lundqvist in a Capitals uh, uniform. But I like the direction that the Rangers went with that. Um, they're both good young goalies, and they they played well. Uh, but we'll see how how it shakes out. I mean. As far as the Capitals go, was, uh, yeah. Ovi, did you watch his kid? He, yeah. he brought his kid on the ice for the, the first time. He's been taking slap awesome. shots, too. So that kid's going to be in the league, oh, yeah. probably. Uh, <laughs> I mean, in a few years. Just a couple. Just a couple of years. Now they're going to be tough. I mean, look, four divisions, 56-game season on all-Canadian division. Uh, Joe, I'm going to miss our time apart, Blue Jackets and Rangers in separate divisions now. We'll, uh, we'll we'll check in on each other next year back in the same division, report back from, from our time away. But I'm excited. I think it's going to be a fun uh, crash course season. There's going to be lumps along the way, but we're gearing up towards uh, you know another season of hockey, which is a good thing. So we'll take it any way we can get it. I know that's the best way to do it. So, uh, yeah, hockey season around the corner. Can't wait for that, you know, because we don't have much football left. So got to get ready for a puck to drop. It's crazy though. I feel like we we just saw the end of those, like the NBA coming back already. Well, that's like so fast. And, yeah, that's like yeah. Yeah, NHL is coming back. Uh, I mean, it's it's all and college basketball is happening somehow, even though half the games are getting canceled. I haven't seen UConn play in like two weeks, but no. um, UConn hockey had a tough it, one. They almost beat who was that BC on? Uh, I think it was BC. They, they, UConn hockey is doing a little better, so. Maybe UConn hockey. Ever since they made the the move to the east, there, mm-hmm. um, it's, they've been recruiting well and they've been playing well. They're they're hanging with the big boys. I, I don't know how they will do against like you know your Minnesota Duluths, but uh, I think I, I think they got a good shot. That's just me being a biased fan. So <laughs> that's exactly what that is. Uh, but uh, no, that's uh, wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, Joe Crisali, pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Congrats again on the business. Check that out. Waybackdigital.com. And we'll have to check in on our football picks uh, going forward here in a little bit. But thanks again for coming on the Money Mitch Effect. Yeah, thanks for the shout outs and everything. Definitely wasn't prepared with the business. Uh, description there so hopefully i did it some justice but <laughs> no i thought <laughs> you nailed it there. Here, yeah so, yeah <laughs> it was i great. do what i can thanks again man
Yeah, man. All right, huge thanks again to Joker Sally for coming on the show. Always a pleasure talking to him. I just want to spend a couple moments to also uh, talk about some other sports things so they don't get overlooked. The UFC had a pay-per-view last week, and the uh, main event action was a uh, flyweight bout between Figueredo and Moreno, and it was one of the best fights, if not the best fight of the year. Ended in a draw. Not really a controversial draw, too. It was uh, it was incredible. Figueredo started off fast. Moreno is as tough as, as any UFC fighter that I've seen. You know, Figueredo spent time in the hospital and yet still was able to, uh, spent the night before actually in the hospital, was still able to come out and fight well and, and really get find a way to leave with his belt, essentially. He was deducted a point for a low blow early or midway through the fight. And that ultimately made the difference. So I want to see that run back. Figueredo also fighting twice within like three weeks. So he's a warrior. Moreno's a warrior. Love to see that. Oliveira beating Tony Ferguson and, and basically handling him the way he did in three rounds. Shows that he's going to be in the mix with McGregor, with Poirier, with Gaethje, with all these guys at the lightweight division. UFC is looking good. Uh, love to see that. And, and the last thing I want to talk about is college football briefly. It's conference championship weekend. Some big games, some big point spreads. Uh, there are actually other games. I mean, we're doing this on December 19th. There's some rescheduled games for teams to fill their conference slate, teams that aren't able to make the conference championship games. And I want to say right now, love Ohio State, first half full game, throw them in a teaser across the board against Northwestern. I may be biased, but a team I'm not biased against who I also love to cover is Alabama going for 11-0 in the SEC. Never been done before, never been done in any conference. 11-0 SEC uh, for Alabama if they can do it. Uh, it's just incredible. Notre Dame going for that same mark against Clemson in uh, that you know, Alabama, getting back to them, I like them to cover that point spread, double digits with ease. Clemson's a, a favorite by 10.5 points over Notre Dame, and they are looking to avenge the loss, the team that lost to Notre Dame. They do have Trevor Lawrence back. He's a good player to have, but I don't think they cover that point spread. I think Clemson wins a close one. They even it up. Both those teams end up in the playoffs with Alabama, with Ohio State. Uh, Texas A&M, who plays Sean Sullivan's Vols, they're the team that could get in next, but they're going to need to uh, really get some help. They're going to have to also put on a performance against Tennessee, which they should be able to do, but I just don't think the, the deck will, dro will drop. The cards will drop in their order, and uh, I think we have our four playoff teams, Notre Dame, Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State, in an order that I think we'll see Alabama play Notre Dame and Clemson and Ohio State again as Ohio State looks for revenge from last year's heartbreaking loss, which was a great game. That's going to do it for the Money Mitch Effect. I'm Mitch Michaels. Thank you for listening. Thanks again to Joe Crisali for coming on, talking football, talking about his business. Check out WaybackDigital.com. You can find every episode of the Money Mitch Effect on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Just search Money Mitch Effect. It comes right up. Follow the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page and follow me on Twitter at MoneyMitchM21. No show next week. Enjoy the Christmas holiday. We will be back before the end of the year to recap some stuff and gear up for the final push of the NFL season. Also talk a little college football playoff as well. It's going to be a jam-packed show. We also got the start of the tennis season as well. Hockey around the corner. Basketball will be getting going as well. It's a good time to be a sports fan. Uh, thanks to everybody out there for listening. Once again, I am Mitch Michaels. Hope you're staying safe. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Keep enjoying sports.